welcome to The Knowing Podcast. We're here to talk about healing, about insight, about cultivating and living from our own internal wisdom, and about the intention to live beautifully and compassionately as a human being during these times. We're really happy you're here. Hello, everyone. I'm Ciel Grove, and I'm here again with Allison Strickland, who's in New York City. Good morning, Allison. Good morning. And uh, we're going to dive right in today, and we're going to be exploring some topics that Allison um, is going to bring to the table. Uh, this is often how our conversations go. Is uh, Allison is you know experiencing something in her life, or I'm experiencing something in my life, and we come together and say, okay, so what kind of shamanic principles and practices and other integrative healing sort of work? would apply in this situation and how do we understand it? We often get into kind of extensive um, dialogues. Uh, sometimes when I'm sitting in parking lots, supposed to be doing something else, um, but <laughs> we're going to do it a little more deliberately today and and talk about kind of, I think too, some of the energies that we're all immersed in right now and hopefully make this feel really meaningful for everybody listening. So so how's New York fe- feeling right now, Alison? Um, <laughs> Well, I haven't been outside my apartment, so it's hard to feel New York <laughs> as a whole, but <laughs> but I am noticing just a lot of fire, aggression, mm-hmm. moodiness. Mm-hmm. I mean, in myself also, but in others. <laughs> just in your like, apartment? <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> just me and all of the voices in my head. They're really right. aggravated. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, and it's like, uh, just like, even in my normal, casual interactions with friends and things like that, it's like defensiveness is coming up. I just feel like everybody's getting a little bit on edge. Yeah. And I've been thinking a lot about um, the the snake card in your deck, mm-hmm. the snake and chickweed card. Mm-hmm. And it's about transformation, which feels really timely. Pluto went retrograde this past weekend Um, and just in general it feels like we're all kind of going through this transformation process and like everything feels like it's burning down and I know that sounds very dramatic but it feels or burning up I mean either way um, it just feels like things are kind of starting to get what is that like the crucible do Mm. you know what I mean Mm -hmm. totally and it's interesting because it is sort of simultaneously what what feels like up here too simultaneously happening as the the so-called threat you know is sort of is lessening or you know people are relaxing a little bit around their relationship directly to the virus or the the pandemic but then we're seeing this other sort of energy emerge um even while we're not so scared of being sick maybe you know but we're seeing instead the the effects of the social isolation isolation and everything else kind of happening in our lives right do you think that this kind of like moving past the fear is like the next stage is anger and so that's what's coming up? Well, it's, you know, our relationship with anger is so interesting. I think it's super interesting because I used to be a really angry person. Um, and uh, and I, well, I had this bizarre experience one time I was working at a yoga studio in Vancouver and this woman who I was working with, I'd been working there for about a week and I remember I was standing at the yoga desk and she came over to me just totally unsolicited and said, you are such an angry person. And I looked at her and I was like, 
fuck you. I am not. I'm, I'm not an angry person. And I just remember, like, every cell of my being just, like, vibrating with fury. And I... I had this, like, I don't know, six-block walk home after work. And the whole way, like, I could have torn the cement open with my feet and the rage coming out of me of just, like, how <laughs> dare she, you know? And about the, like, fifth block out of oh six, I, I remember stopping and going, oh, my God. Like, I really am. I'm a really, I'm in a state of constant chronic anger activation, you know, and... And I, um, I mean, certainly I've like approached it in different mm-hmm. ways at different times in my life, you know, from investigating, say, the stoic response to anger and kind of trying to suppress it or, or you know, other kind of means of a- anger control. Uh, but I really see anger um, and most people's anger a lot of the time or irritation or however it's manifesting as as like a protector right we we get angry when we are more uncomfortable with other feelings that we're not sure how to feel you know feelings like loneliness or sadness or or fear for sure I mean as you're saying you know like the the anger anger feels powerful right it's it's action it, and that's really what it's I think meant to do on a soul level is to motivate us into doing something into making change um but it it often comes i think in it comes pops up because people start feeling something else and we don't know how to be a good host or a good friend to those energies and so the anger steps in and says i'll do this you know and and allows us to to get away from those more uncomfortable mm-hmm. I, I mean as we were talking about in the last couple of episodes you know the uncertainty the sitting and not knowing and uh, the the I don't, I, we don't have a clue what's going on really right now. And so of course anger is going to pop up and go, well, I know that person's an asshole, you know, or, y- you know, you're being wronged here because it, it gives us a sense of certainty and, and control for sure. So how do you use anger skillfully then? <laughs> I mean, this is a, a million question. dollar question right now. <laughs> <laughs> this is, I, I really, I mean, so... I think I alluded to this in a previous episode, and we'll certainly be doing, I'm sure, uh, several episodes, you know, kind of investigating these elemental energies. Um, But a couple years ago, my shamanic teacher, my Bolivian shamanic teacher, she said that this transformation that we're going through, and we have been going through for quite a while, um, she called them, you know, these vortexes of energies that we would be moving through. This, again, was about three years ago, I think. Um, and they would start getting bigger and bigger and kind of more intense. And I, I think we can all, you know, uh, feel into the fact that this all feels like a, a portal or a, a vortex right now of intense energies. And as we go through these energies, we're going to be asked to um, clarify and kind of solidify our relationship to two elements in particular, um, fire and water. And fire, you know, has classically been associated with the masculine. It is action and, and will and energy and passion and creativity. And then water has been associated with the feminine, which is, you know, flowing and passive. And, and it, it, I mean, they're both obviously powerful elements, but very powerful in different ways. And so she said, you know, we each need to figure out how to work with these energies. How do you work with will? And will is associated with the, the third chakra, the liver, which is also associated with anger. Um, and how do you work with surrender, right? And I mean, as a question to you, Alison, which would you say is more difficult is to work with anger skillfully or with faith skillfully? And, uh, and faith being associated with surrender, right? Yeah, that's a really good point. 
Mm-hmm. It, it is, it's like you just want to do something. You just want to solve the problem. Totally. totally. And that's, I mean, this is the beauty, the most amazing thing about being a human being is that we can even conceptualize a problem to be solved. And then we can come up with all these millions of ways that we could do it. And, you know, like it's, we have this gorgeous brain that we, we overutilize for sure. Um, but it makes it very, very difficult for us to just say, let it go, let it be, you know, trust in the process and surrender, right? So surrender is incredibly difficult. Maybe we'll get into it and kind of, well, maybe it'll come up today in some way, but I think that working with anger and, and maybe investigating this question of like, how do we work with will and, and um, our anger energies and our masculine energy in a skillful way, I think especially because we're feeling constrained right now, right? There's nothing that fire likes less than being constrained, right? It doesn't, it doesn't want to be held back, this fiery energy, you know, it's, it's going to find an outlet somewhere and probably that's going to be most people's partners right now or, <laughs> you know, other people in the world. We're just kind of unleashing that energy rather unskillfully, I think, on each other. Yes. So how, I mean... In some ways, it's maybe easier. I'm saying that, and like, please, like, universe, do not kick me in the ass for saying that it's easy. But <laughs> it feels kind of easier, or at least like you have more control over how you put your anger out into the world. But what about receive being on the receiving end, where it's right. like, how right. do you deal with the anger coming at you? This is, I mean, it, it's so difficult to like come up with, I guess, a blanket sort of statement for how we deal well with it, um, except that, you know, as, as we talk about over and over and over again, the simplicity of the so-called tools of shamanic practice and the tools of Buddhist practice, too, are, you know, seeking compassion, seeking presence, seeking uh, gratitude, seeking kindness, and and using those not as a means of allowing other people to just take their shit out on us because I mean that's that's nobody's role right is to just be the perpetual human punching bag and just take on stuff, but um, but also to recognize that the same thing you know that somebody might be doing and taking their stuff out on us we certainly do to someone else you know and if we can the more that we can bring that awareness into our interactions with other people and into our overall life experience to say, I, I do the same thing, right? Then I think we can do the the paradoxical response or we can in, inhabit the paradoxical response of saying, I totally get why you're doing this. I have compassion for the fact that you're just hurting and you're trying to take it out on people. But I'm also saying, no way, you don't get to do this to me, right? And we can hold those things at the same time. We can say, here's my boundary, but I still am not judging you as some reprehensible creature for doing this because right. I do it too, right? It, well, it, it leads me to, again, the, the snake card and chickweed and chickweed in particular about like protecting your energy. Mm-hmm. So there is something that feels a little... Mm-hmm. Um, like the puzzle pieces haven't clicked into place exactly Mm -hmm. where in the moment where it's like you just basically feel like shit. I mean, I don't know how else to explain it really where it's like you just feel bad being on the receiving end Mm -hmm. and it's hard in the moment Mm -hmm. to say like, oh yeah, I can totally understand why you're, you're treating me 
like this now. Mm-hmm. So it's like, mm-hmm. is there a practice? Is there something you can do in the moment that helps you to feel protected? I feel like um, we talk about empathy and and the empath and mm-hmm. everyone feeling a little bit more sensitive and absorby, spongy, I guess. Yes. So it's like... I think that what people want to run to is like, how do I shield myself from this? How do I block this out? And it's like, what what is that? I mean, maybe all of that is a little true. Mm. What what do you think? Well, let's let's rewind a little bit and give some context and some sort of like basis maybe to working with this card. I think for setting up um, the circumstance, maybe in a more specific way for anyone listening to like what it is that we're, we're speaking or exploring into here. Um, so the snake card, snake energy, um, and as you alluded to, Alison, transformation is, is the medicine of the snake. There's other aspects of snake medicine, but that's a really big one. I mean, the snake is this perpetually evolving just like a human being, but it's, it's always shedding these old skins and it lets go of them um, happily, you know, it, it, it doesn't hold on to its old self because it knows that, you know, the skin has to be shed in order for it to grow. And so it's it's releasing these all the time, allowing itself to step into a new version of, of what it is in, in this world. Um, but that just like a snake shedding its skin or a butterfly emerging from chrysalis, there is this pause this moment um, when we come out of transformation or we're moving through transformation and there is a call to stay still for just a moment you know like a, a snake will often shed its skin and then it'll it'll stay still because its skin is is so tender and it's it's so susceptible to you know damage or impact from the outside world just like a butterfly I mean when it comes out of the cocoon it it sits there for a moment it, it is almost I mean if you've ever seen the a butterfly emerge it's it's so amazing because the wings are wet and it's it's like a baby being born right it doesn't move right away into action mm-hmm. it sits and it moves its wings a little bit and it lets itself like understand kind of what kind of body it's inhabiting and then it goes off right and so the mm-hmm. in the card i paired the the snake with chickweed to say you know transform but but protect yourself you know and and chickweed this plant is it's just so it's one of my most favorite plants and it grows everywhere in our our garden out here um, but at night, the the leaves of chickweed will actually fold over and enclose the new bud that's that's being created. It's like it's protecting it from the outside world, right? And this energy is really, really important when we're going through transformation. You know, we can't expect um, ourselves to go through something really, really big and then just be like, okay, next thing, like I'm moving on and, you know, like I'm ready to conquer, right? There's this sacred pause um, after a transformation or even during, you know, the process of a, of a shedding of our, ourselves or an awareness where we, we need gentleness, right? And I think you and I have had some conversations about this um, previously, Allison, but like often when we talk about or when people talk about protection, they think, I think they think that they're um, sort of uh, enclosing themselves in this like hard layer where you're like, no, other people's energies need to go out and I'm, you know, keeping myself protected in here. And 
And I, I don't really practice that way. I mean, sometimes I'll work with, you know, encouraging people to create some protection, especially if they're in pretty hostile or really overwhelming circumstances. But the protection here is, is not so much like I need to keep other people out, but I need to just f- be kind to myself and, and gentle and nourishing and ask myself even what does that look like, right? I mean, when you think about being gentle to yourself, being like a parent protecting a newborn, you know, is that it's not like you're, I, I think, in a, in a healthy way, going to say, well, everybody has to get away, you know, and, and I'm going to keep all energies out. But it's more about the action of nourishment and, and sweetness towards this, like, new thing. Our, our emerging self is this new thing. She's stretching her wings. She doesn't know exactly how to inhabit this body yet. Can we be, you know, gentle with her? Does that make sense? It does. I feel like it, it, what clicks into place is that it's like to feel like you're protecting yourself sometimes can feel like you're pushing against a certain energy exactly. when you're saying, yeah. I think that yeah. protecting yourself is like letting it flow around you, that it's yes. like, okay, you can exist, but you can't yeah. like rock my core. Absolutely. And I think this is really profoundly challenging for modern humans because we want, um, we want connection quite badly, I think, you know, and naturally we want connection. And so I think when people go through a transformation, they immediately want to share that with the world or they want to, you know, show what's happened, which is wonderful and and obviously well-intentioned, but I don't think that we value our own quiet inner spaces and our like just being with ourselves and being sweet to ourselves. You know, I, I years ago had this like weird moment it was about 4 30 in the morning lying in bed and I wasn't sleeping and this voice just said you know you need to be sweet to yourself and I remember being like what does that even Mm. mean like what does it mean to be sweet you know because I've been such an intense pusher and seeker and you know those are exciting things to me and I wanted to learn everything but I didn't know what it meant to just be sweet and to be still and gentle and I think, you know, in a really paradoxical way, this is often what um, our anger is saying to us, you know, is like, you're not being sweet to yourself, you're not being gentle to these energies that are, that are really, um, they're very sensitive and very tender inside of you, you know, and so then we have to summon the energy of anger to protect those energies, right? So if we are instead going, okay, what is what is this broken little part of me? can I love this? Can I, can I let it be there? Then I think it's, this is a very different way of, of working with those anger energies, right? Where they can stand down and they can say, okay, she, she doesn't feel like she needs this kind of protection anymore. Mm. Uh, There's a lot there because I feel like one, there is this element of like the, sometimes the most cruel people or harsh people you meet are the most sensitive people that you know, Mm -hmm. that it's like when it really comes down to it and all the kind of bark Mm -hmm. is gone, there's zero Mm -hmm. bite. But there's also something in there that I think like around the masculine protecting the feminine, but the Mm -hmm. feminine not needing protection. Am I hearing that right? Mm. Well, I mean, I I do think that I wouldn't say that we don't need protection. I think all things need protection, you know? I mean, it and it doesn't... I think that what we need to sort of tease out is the association that we think that something that needs protection makes it weak, Oof, you know? Yeah. And that's that's not 
true, right? Some it, we <laughs> we all need protection, and we all don't need protection at the same time. In some again paradoxical way, is that like, but let ourselves need protection. You know, we we have energies within us that we have bullied our entire life, right? We were taught to bully these energies by our parents, our family systems, our our culture. And we need to protect and love and, and allow those energies to come up, you know, and, and they're not weak energies. They might be the best parts of us, you know, but that the feminine, um, just like the earth, I mean, uh, hopefully we can create all the a synthesis with all these tangents, you know, in a sense. But so when you think about the earth, does it need protection? Uh, are you asking me? Yeah. What do you think? Um, hmm. I mean, no, I guess at the end of the day, it doesn't need right. protection. I, I think that it needs care. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm thinking about like climate change and people, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. protesting and trying to mm-hmm. change. And it's not about, it, I think it sometimes feels like it's pitched as protecting the earth. Totally. But it's really about like being a healthier part of it. Right. But I, I feel think like that's a trick that, question. <laughs> I think all my questions are trick questions. Just kidding. <laughs> but not, probably. Um, the act, I think that what the masculine and the feminine do for each other is they make each other sacred. And we need to make the earth mm. sacred as the same as we need to make all these energies inside of us sacred, which I think is synonymous in my language with like being tender, being sweet towards everything is saying, okay, my anger is sacred, you know, and my sadness is sacred and everything is sacred. The earth is sacred. These are not things that need protecting and saving per se, you know, but they, they need to be seen as so immensely, immeasurably valuable, right? Mm. And so this and honored totally, is what you're saying. totally. And this is again to come back to the card. You know, like when we are in contact with like the 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 new, which we see, you know, in the emergence of the butterfly, or the this the snake after it's shed its skin, or the self after they we've gone through a process. You know, can we? again protect but like make sacred and say oh my god how do i how do i really love this this energy or this thing or this this emergence you know in a way that makes it sacred and and that i'm that's like it it's it's such a strange thing because you are protecting it in a sense but it again as you said before Alison, not protecting it from something you're just making it sacred, which I had years ago a teacher say to me, you know, how do you make something sacred? And the simplicity of it is you give your attention to it. You you allow yourself to mm. focus on that thing. Everything that we focus on is sacred. So right now our iPhones are sacred or, you know, we can make our anger sacred. We can make <laughs> our hatred sacred. We can make, you know, anything sacred by giving our attention to it. And this... Um, right. this portal that we're going through right now and this exposure of these energies inside of us that we have been again running from for most of our adult lives you know and these can be the energy of fear of loneliness of sadness of self-doubt these really core deeply repressed and 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 forgotten in a sense energies or we've tried to forget them they're going to be coming up 
And in response to that, what do we do? We get angry because we're like, I can't feel those things. I don't like those things. I don't I don't want to go into them, right? And our job is to instead totally. feel those yeah. things and make that, that tender chickweed kind of energy come into our experience so that we can make space for them, right? I mean, what's really coming up in you right now? When you really, if you buy, mm-hmm. move the anger, and we don't hate the anger, we're not saying, you know, get rid of it, but just say, stand down for a second, and, and what's actually coming up there? Uh, for myself, I think it's pain, mm-hmm. maybe, hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like I've been on more the receiving end of anger than giving it. Yeah. I mean, again, ask my partner. He might be like, no, actually, you suck. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Uh, we'll but have a conversation have with him later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. I have only noticed mm-hmm. uh, being on the other kind of side mm-hmm. of the anger pain. Mm-hmm. And so it just makes me feel clenched, really. Yeah. But that's, oh, that's perfect, though. To, not, not perfect that you feel clenched. I don't mean to you know, suggest <laughs> why you did stay in that space. But, right, this clenching, like that, think of it as armor, right? It's like. We're, we're clenching into place. We're protecting ourselves. Not all people take their anger out on other people, right? This dance that we have between um, each other, you know, well, I think we probably all take our anger out on somebody, but there are some people who are more the receivers and some people right. who are more the, the givers, you know, and this is this interplay between, um, you know, whether someone I suppose is comfortable with their fire, their masculine energy, or, you know, the, to the extent that they are uncomfortable with it, they're either going to be overusing it and inflicting it on the world around them, or they're going to be underusing it and allowing other people to be inflicting theirs upon them. Right. And in either way though, we are in a, we're going to be inhabiting a, a sort of place in our own energetic experience that is familiar to us, right? Is it familiar to you to be to feel like you're on the receiving end of other people's anger? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. And so more than anything, I think when we're uncomfortable, we seek what's familiar, right? Mm. So there's part of you, and I don't mean by any means to set this up as like, you want this, but some part of all of our subconscious programming says, find what's familiar, create what's familiar, you know, and whatever we were used to when we were a kid, we're actually going to feel more comfortable in that space than we are in, you know, not feeling it, right? Mm. Which is rather terrifying when you think about like what that means for all of our behavior, but that's how our human minds work, right? We're, we like what we know. Right. And especially in so much uncertainty. Absolutely. Right. And again, this is the discomfort of sitting in uncertainty is not doing the habitual thing. You know, um, Pema Children calls it, you know, biting the hook or like just like going into that same old way of responding. And so the first step is, of course, like saying, what is my normal response? Your normal response is to take on people's energies, their anger energies, right? And then what happens? Do you get angry at them or do you get upset or what goes on? Mm. Yeah, I think it's, I I think I get upset Mm -hmm. and then I get angry Mm -hmm. back. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's still anger there. And I just seethe for years and years. <laughs> that sounds delightful. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's really pleasant. Um, yeah. <laughs> there is anger there. and it's But that's what it is. It's that it's like the anger doesn't go away. We're just putting it in other places. That's what it feels like. 
that is what is happening. Absolutely. Because we're protecting ourselves, right? I, uh, if we can pause when we feel ourselves being activated by anger and again, employ a tool at that moment, you know, and the tool might be grounding ourselves, going outside if we can, you know, being on the earth and going, okay, like I'm here, I'm just in my body and I'm, I'm going to try to approach this from a, a more level-headed, less reactive position. Or we can practice mm-hmm. compassion if we've done or if we're in the process of doing, you know, shadow work and we say, okay, what is this person actually doing? Do I sometimes do that myself? You know, can I can I use that awareness that, yes, I also do the same thing that I'm accusing this person of um, to amplify mm-hmm. or develop compassion for them? Sometimes that's just not available and that's okay. You know, can I bless this person? And, and if we start with this basic this idea of basic goodness that all people are basically good and this is this is a choice whether you believe it or not you know um you either believe that people are basically good or you don't you don't have to believe one way or the Mm -hmm. other but if we believe that people are basically good and all of their actions or their behaviors that are not kind and loving come from pain then we can use that to go, oh, this person must be suffering right now, right? And again, we are not human punching bags. We don't have to just take people's stuff on. We can still say to them, I'm not okay with you, you know, giving me this energy. But we'll come to them with less judgment and less um, kind of, I don't know, labeling them and their behaviors as just like bad people. Right. And that's, right. I think, a very, very important thing for for all of us mm-hmm. to practice, you know, to the best of our abilities. Well, that's good. I feel like I have to, I'm like, yes, how to sit with that. I think that the, mm-hmm. the tricky part is that it's like you want to figure out how to do it immediately, but I think immediately yes. means stop it from happening at all. Exactly. Yeah. Or, or use it. I mean, I, I, I hear and see a lot of people going, I am so angry and I'm going to stay in my angry state forever. And I'm just furious. You know, I mean, that's, that's each person's choice. By no means would we ever suggest that you're not allowed to do that or you shouldn't, but what's happening there for you on a physiological level, you know, on a, on a relationship level, that's not a, that's not a place to exist in, in my world. I don't want to stay there. Right. But that's often, you know, it's, it's one of those two kind of relationships that people have with anger until we've done this work of understanding it more, more effectively is we're either shutting it down and driving it inwards, right? This is causing liver congestion and acid reflux and all of these things because we we don't want to let the liver or the anger out. So it's it, we're putting it back yeah. inside our bodies and it's hurting us, right? And we feel this as this constant agitation or waking up at two in the morning or, you know, whatever it is that this, this, the energy kind of trying to get our attention and say, hey, you've locked something down here that's not supposed to be here. Um, but the other way that people will respond or, or utilize this energy is by taking it out on other people, you know, and that's not beneficial and it, or kind of existing in this perpetual anger state that's going to burn right. them out in kind of a different way. So. Mm-hmm. It is like fire. I mean, you know, this energy is fire, the element of fire, and, and fire yeah. is, is hard to handle, right? I mean, this the mythology you and I were talking about of Prometheus, of, you know, he, he stole the fire from the gods and gave it to hum- humankind and was punished for doing that because I think the, I, again, I'm not a, any sort of expert in mythology, but 
the gods were like, they can't handle this shit, you know, like this is going to hurt them. And like, they don't know how to deal with their, their children, you know, and it's, it's hard for us to handle fire, you know, and, and to use it very, very well. And it's hard for us to, um, let go of of trying to hold back water too you know it's hard for us to go with the flow these are really challenging elemental energies to develop good relationships right well i I feel like the thing that i notice i think especially for probably i mean what i would assume is the majority of people listening who have done a little bit of work on themselves who maybe do have a spiritual practice i feel like the pendulum swings into two different things which is like anger activist, I'm so impassioned by Mm -hmm. the harm in the world Mm -hmm. that I'm going to be like fierce. Mm -hmm. And then there's the other Mm -hmm. side, which is to deny the anger completely because somehow feeling anger means that you aren't compassionate or that you're not a good, kind person. So I think that there is this element where it's like, if you are at the point that it's like, yes, I have stuff going on with my liver. I feel this coming up and I don't know what to do with it. Like what's the what's the first step in addressing it in yourself? Or can you even say that in a blanket way? Mm-hmm. Maybe that's so person to person. Well, it is. I mean, it's definitely going to be person to person, but I think that maybe approaching that experience as an indicator that there's feelings that you don't know how to feel or that you're not comfortable feeling that are underneath mm-hmm. and behind that anger, right? That the anger is trying to protect. And and can we feel into those feelings? And I think people, you know, especially people who really, I mean, really love the feeling of anger. And anger is, it's a wonderful force and it's super motivating and, and is is a beautiful experience as a human being for like getting shit done. You know, it's, it's the great activator. Um, and we can get addicted to it, mm-hmm. right? Because again, it makes us feel powerful. But in order to use anger well and and to be able to to handle that fire well and and do right action with it in the world, we have to um, get into contact with these energies that it thinks it's protecting, right? And make those okay. Provide that sweetness and that tenderness for those energies to be felt and 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 said, you know, that we are scared or we are um, lonely or we are doubting ourselves. And I think that sometimes when people have you know, gone into the state of like amplifying and and really perpetuating their anger, they're maybe a little bit afraid that if they don't do that, then the anger is not going to be there when they need to take action. Right. And I've heard that from people that it's like, if you stand down, then like everyone's, you know, everything's going to go sideways and everyone's going to take advantage of you. And it, it seems to suggest to me that there's this fear that the anger won't be there when injustice is actually happening. It will be there. The anger will always, when, when something truly wrong and, and, you know, intentionally malicious is occurring in our lives, we will be angry. We don't have to worry about not having, you know, we're not going to turn into some passive mushy blob, you know, who's just like, oh yes, please walk all over me. You know, that's not going to happen. And, and so we have to, I think, trust that fire will be available when we need it. Right. And, but our job is maybe to get in contact with these more sensitive energies um, Mm. so that the fire doesn't burn us out. Mm. How's that feel? It feels good. I have so it's like I have so many questions I can't form them in my brain. <laughs> um, I 
there is there I don't know I feel like what just keeps screaming at me is this whole like patriarchy matriarchy Mm -hmm. the rise of Mm -hmm. the divine feminine and Mm -hmm. and I feel like we're really being asked to learn how to have a healthy masculine or or mm-hmm. what is true divine masculine and i think that i mean i can't say that none of us know what that looks like mm-hmm. but i certainly haven't mm-hmm. had many examples of yeah. healthy masculine energy so it feels like this is kind of what you're speaking to but it mm-hmm. feels so antithetical to how our world is working right now right well i mean i <laughs> I don't mean to immediately lose like tons of listeners because I offend people, but I am a fan of Jordan Peterson. I really enjoy him and I really enjoy the uh, pragmatic um, kind of elucidation that he offers of what I experience as sacred masculine energy. You know, he's like, make your bed, balance your checkbook, do the things, use your will to get your life in order, right? And I feel like a lot of the time when we're really pissed about things that are happening in the world, we're not taking care of things that are actually ours to take care of. Now, again, it doesn't mean that we're, you know, not going to engage in, in, you know, trying to make the world sacred and and act social activism but i think if we're going to look at, if we're looking at and and trying to cultivate a healthy relationship to our masculine energy there is there is the question of what is yours to control where is your will best applied and are you doing those things and if you're not do those things first and then see how you feel about stuff right right because it's very easy to look at the world and say well, this shit is sideways and i don't like this and it needs to be different and it's very difficult to look at ourselves right and i mean as leo tolstoy said you know like every man thinks of changing the world nobody thinks of changing themselves right but that's our job we are not right. responsible for telling people how to live. And if we are really seeking, I mean, in a shamanic sense, if we are seeking our personal power, our full expression of alignment, we're going to be taking care of our own shit, right? And saying, mm. this is my job. And then, yes, we can take action in the world and it's going to be informed by alignment and, and wisdom, you know, and compassion, and we can still make change happen, but it's not going to be this kind of half-cocked, like, oh, I don't like this, and it needs to change, but I'm not really looking at how I'm showing up. Right. right. Yes, that is something that I'm really seeing, even on social media, where it's like, you know, you don't have to feel productive right now, which I think is true, that it's like, things mm-hmm. are tough. I don't think it has to be like, you know, now is the time. I'm going to write King Lear or whatever, but... Um, <laughs> I, I do feel like there is this element where it slips into like what is not being productive and what is being depressive. Mm. So give me an example. What do you mean by that? Well, it's kind of like if I give myself permission to just like, okay, I don't need to produce. I don't need to be like yeah. doing things, but also it's like, but my apartment's a mess. Mm. I don't do my dishes. And mm-hmm. that also makes me feel like trash. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's like this balance where I feel like people are so angry and upset that it's sinking us all into this depression right now where it's like we're just like in sweats all day and barely want to do anything and it's like how do we it's like the the fire is burning us all up inside but how Mm -hmm. do we then use that fire Mm -hmm. to 
to feel like we can do something. Cause I think that that's the thing is we feel so out of control totally that it's like, we've just given up. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I mean, that is, that's the definition of trauma, right? Trauma is a circumstance that you find yourself in where you feel helpless and the brain goes into, yeah. you know, kind of lower neurological functioning of like activating the limbic system, which is all just emotion and, and you know, this kind of mammalian response to like fight or get away from something. We're not, we're not thinking clearly, right? And so in order to, I think, come back into our higher faculties and certainly diminish the potential for this being a long-term traumatizing event is we have to engage with that divine masculine energy, which is about setting some schedules, like clean your house. I mean, wash your floor and, and not because it's something you have to do. This is, this is what it is to be human is to get your stuff in order. Right. Again, as Jordan Peterson said, he's just like, do those things. They, they are not easy. It is not easy to keep your life in order. And, but when we do them, it's like we provide the containment that the masculine is, is supposed to be providing for the creative energy to come through for this divine feminine energy to come through, you know, but we can't expect it to come through. Um, and again, this maybe is this idea of protection, right? It's maybe containment or, or making sacred is a, a better way to describe this, but it, it there is no, there's no disconnect between sweeping your floor and feeling able to like really um, connect with yourself, right? They are, they are both spiritual mm-hmm. acts. And, and I think we very quickly let go of the divine masculine responsibility. And then our anger comes out because it's like that, that energy is not going somewhere and we feel, you know, that we're entitled to be pissed off at something and, but we're not taking care of what is ours to take care of. Right. And so then we have right. to use the anger to make ourselves feel secure in the world. Right. So, yeah, yes. I mean this, again, you and I've had many conversations about this of like the, the pragmatic um, application of masculine energy in my books is like brush your teeth, have a schedule, do things, not because you have to, this isn't somebody imposing a schedule on you, but like, because, you know, we are cyclical beings. We like schedules. Our brain functions well when we know what's going to happen. We don't actually thrive when, you know, we're eating dinner at a different time or waking up whenever we want, you know, that's, it's not, that's actually what a human being would do when they're kind of sick, you know, like we like cycles. We are attuned to a 24 hour circadian rhythm, you know, so set one, maintain it, do the masculine work. And I guarantee you you'll find your like anger and everything being diminishing and then these other emotions will have space to come up and they'll kind of peek their head out and go okay I'm going to show you your loneliness and can you allow this to be here and you will right and that's our job you know in my experience in a lot of my clients and friends and families experience right now like this is a it's a thematic energy and I mean, as you were referencing Pluto going retrograde, Allison, there's also just like, um, what is it, Mercury and Aries or something that we're, we've gone and through. Mars too. Yeah, it's just a lot of fiery energy. And so that energy needs to go somewhere. And if it doesn't go into this divine masculine application of like creating containment and making our life process sacred, then it's going to come out as anger and we're just going to shoot you know, nasty arrows at each other and then feel validated and being pissed off. And, you know, this is, this is 
the, what the portal is offering us, this vortex is offering us is a clarification, you know, and saying, okay, so you, this is how you respond when you're uncomfortable. Mm. Do you really want to keep doing this? Right. So maybe inwards we go. Inwards we go. I feel like that's how we're going to have to end it each week. Inwards we go. <laughs> inwards we go. It's, it really doesn't sound that motivating though. You're like, really? <laughs> I have a, a friend who's, you know, she signs all her emails off as like onwards and upwards. And it's like, that sounds good. You know, like that sounds really motivating. And this one's like, no, no, just sit still and get really uncomfortable. Yay. Sitting st- yeah, sitting still is the hardest. And now, oh, stop. Yes. Yeah. But it's, you know, this mastery of how much sitting still and how much action, yeah. you know, and we are always doing this balance, this like navigating what that looks like to really inhabit the sacred masculine and the sacred feminine at the same time. And we'll always switch, like sort of slide to one side or the other. But, you know, the the practice of, of containing yourself, do your work, do what you know that you, I mean, your soul self is saying, sweep the floor, you know, it, it actually is trying to get you to do those basic things. So we have to do those things. Right. Everyone's going to have really clean houses. Everyone's going to have spotless floors. Well, I hope so, you know, and then realize how that makes you feel, you know, you feel grounded, you feel solid, you feel really in, in inhabiting your space. And then we can do the deeper, more difficult work of going, can I practice compassion? Can I be more present to other people and, and to my own woundings? Right. Yes. I, I feel like that's actually what's um, c- coming up that it's like, we all feel like there's such big things to do that we have to save the planet we have to figure out our yeah. you know system that has now crumbled because of this yeah. virus yeah. and it's like no wonder we feel helpless because it's hard enough to just save yourself it is you know and i hope and I, I i don't actually use the word hope a lot but i intend and and hold space for the possibility that we will recognize that everything we created up until this point in our civilization has been to avoid these feelings. And if we take this time and do the inner work, then we can actually consciously, very, you know, with great immense awareness, construct a society that is not based upon avoiding feelings. That's what we've been doing, right? Totally. It's, It's all running away from that. So... Yeah, it is hard work, but I mean, it's it's certainly not as hard as watching, uh, you know, the environment around us crumble and all of us, uh, you know, lose food security or whatever else that we may encounter through climate change. This this experience of going inwards and clarifying these energies is absolutely fundamentally necessary for us to create something different, to create school systems that serve human flourishing and education or uh, economics and you know government processes that are not based on avoiding feelings but based on you know really supporting the well-being of all sentient beings yes i'm hopeful for that too that feels good yeah oh yeah it's it's gonna happen i think yeah so thank you allison thank you as always good to talk to you yes it's my pleasure and uh, we will be back in this space um and uh, hope everyone is doing really well sitting with their anger energy to the best of their abilities and then And hopefully what we've offered today is going to support you in navigating it with a little bit more um, kindness towards yourself and some process that feels good. So until next time. 
Knowing is an IntelliKey production and was recorded and produced on the traditional unceded territory of the Northern Sequipmic people. All music, editing and production by Brent Morton at Bell Tower Audio. May our hearts and minds remain open. May we meet this day with equanimity and compassion. And may we remember our belonging to this earth, to each other, and to all that is. <laughs>